Welcome back to Detroit Strange. This podcast. That you're listening to. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. Yes. That's Jess over there. And that's Alex over there. See, I I, I feel like I usually am never the one to remember. There's we, a lot yeah. of times neither of us remember. Oh, no, for sure. I'm just saying it's usually never me that remembers. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so changing it up, I remembered something for once. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I forget things often, so... It's the Believe nature of me. being alive. It really is. Being alive is tough. It really is. It's it's rough. Rough out there. It's rough inside. It's just rough. It's getting less rough outside, though, I will say. Despite the fact it snowed today, yeah. it's at least like trending towards spring. That was so upsetting when I woke up and saw snow because I am in spring jacket. I am in denim jacket only. I've put the winter jacket. I mean, I haven't really moved it, but I won't wear it anymore. Oh, yeah. I like fully did not look outside before I hit like the iced coffee button on my coffee maker. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it is snowing, but I'm committed. So that's funny because my boss is the same way and also wears a jean jacket. And uh, we're recording on Saturday, Saturday, but I had a work function in the middle of the day. We showed up to it and I was like, yeah, I won't get my winter coat out either, even though it snowed this morning. Can't do it. Once I go jean, I can't I can't reverse. I get that. I like. My winter jacket's mostly just like a North Face. If it's really cold, I have like an extra warm jacket, but usually it's just kind of like a North Face type of thing. So that's kind of easy enough to just Mm -hmm. throw on. Say like a long winter jacket, and then that's just a whole lot of jacket to be carting around. Oh, absolutely. It's it's like overwhelming. I'm not a big fan of wearing winter jackets. Uh, Yeah. I I, I like a, you know, sweater. I like the comfy. Yeah. Oh, I love a comfy. Yeah. I've been like savoring every last second of comfy weather because that's like, that is the sad part about winter going away is it's no longer comfy weather because it goes from being comfy to just sweaty. Yeah, but it's still comfy weather right now. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't know when this episode comes out. If it will it'll be, still be comfy weather. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Winter's really a hold in its hold over us this year. It's got its nasty claws dug right in. It really does. And uh, I, I need some sun. Yeah. I need some sun. I want to be outside. I want to be you know, walking and running outside. I will say it was sunny enough last weekend that mm-hmm. my color changing nail polish changed. Mine didn't. You you got to really want it. I was like sitting outside and okay. I was like, it is not warm enough to be sitting outside, especially because I was like wearing like a crop sweater mm-hmm. and sweatpants and no shoes. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you were dedicated to that. I really was. I don't know why I was so like, this is spring. I was just in the car and like, this isn't changing. Oh, it wouldn't work through a car window. The UV, it needs the UV. I rolled the window down for a little bit. Oh, maybe then. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it has to be like sunny enough for you to go sunburn. Because I was nervous that like, because I was starting to feel like my neck get hot. And I'm like, oh God. Mm-hmm. Like, watch me to be the one that gets sunburned in March in Michigan. Uh, I mean, it's not be crazy. The first. But like, I think it's just such a weird in between because like winter, of course, you can get sunburned because yeah. it's the sun's closer to earth. Mm-hmm. Summer, of course, you get sunburned. Like early spring. I mean, but this is the time when we all pretend it's warm, even though yeah. it's not yet. So that's pretty normal. I mean, the time- actually, I haven't seen anybody in shorts yet, but I know there's people wearing shorts out there. I think this is like when zip off shorts used to be a thing. This is when you'd start wearing them. <laughs> and like, you'd be like, it's. 
slightly warmer than freezing. Let me unzip my shorts because it's now shorts weather. And then like, it was never a good look. She'd have to shove the short, like the bottom half of your pants into the cargo pocket. And so uh-huh. you just have like bulging cargo pockets. Yes. They were never a look. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I had cargo pants. I never had the zip off kind though. I only yeah. had regular like, cargo, cargo pants. Fine. Whatever. If you got cargo to carry, I guess fine. But like nobody really needs zip off shorts. I just, in high school, I only wore men's pants. I don't know why it was the vibe for some reason. I convinced myself they were more comfortable. Also, women's pants in the late 90s, early 2000s sucked. Yeah. Like, it was all like, the, I was in like low rise. Was that yeah. Right? And I never got, I never got in the low rise trend and I never got on the pencil eyebrow trend. Oh, yeah. So. I think those are both good trends to miss. Yeah. I wasn't great in the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s. I was into heavy eyeliner. Okay. I will say I did like the dark eyeliner, you know. I always love a little too much eyeliner. The emo. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, playing with my hair color often. Yeah. I still like to do that. So who are we kidding there? Yeah. But yeah, I'm so glad I skipped the eyebrows, though, in particular. Yeah. A lot of people didn't grow back. And I'm like, no, I've always had these uh, Brooke Shield like things on my face and I like it and I'm leaving them. I like wish that like parts of my eyebrows just wouldn't grow back because I tweeze them and like wax them all the time, but they just keep coming back. I have never waxed it's all my coming eyebrows. Back, it's all coming back to my <laughs> face. I do. Too. I've. I think the only thing I haven't done to my eyebrows is laser th- threading or sugaring. I said oh, it's sugaring. I have done threading actually. I used to. I've never had it professionally done though. I just taught myself how to do it. Interesting. For a while. And it wasn't that, I mean, it it worked really effectively, but I think I just got lazy. It seems like it would be hard to do on your own. It wasn't that bad, actually, but it was like the setup of it because you have yeah. to like tie the string, make sure it doesn't like it's a big loop yeah. and then you have to like twist it in a million times. And it was just and the, then like arranging it on my face so that I didn't rip my whole eyebrow out or something. Yeah, it it just got too much. And I was like, tweezing is fine. Tweezing's good. I will stick with tweezing. Yeah. I can handle it. I'm not good at my eyebrows. I will never be. And that's fine with me. It's not a choice, but a necessity for me. (laughs) My eyebrows are aggressive. I mean, I got some brows. Although on this side, I had an eyebrow ring, so they don't really grow in past my scar from that. So I need to get eyebrow rings. It's the moral of the story. (laughs) Yes. Just the whole eyebrow. (laughs) Yes. Get some scar tissue built up uh, and the hair won't grow anymore. Yeah. Hair doesn't grow through scar tissue. Good to know. I mean, I don't think it does. I'm just think I've never seen a hairy scar tissue patch on anybody. No, I think you're right. I think like, because usually it's more collagen than like skin. Yeah. That's what the white in scar tissue is, is collagen. Yeah. That makes Uh, sense. Yeah. Need that elsewhere though. Uh, Yeah. Send that to the rest of my body, body. I don't really know where collagen is supposed to go. Like when they like, like, oh, collagen treatment. It's just like they rub it on your skin. I really don't know what that means. Well, there's different. Some people ingest collagen. So there's like powders and stuff you can get for sure. Uh-huh. And then obviously there's like injections. Yeah. And things like that. Um, I mean, I, I know it's just part of your skin. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know animals and plants make it. Yeah. Five different kinds, I believe, or something. Probably. Maybe seven. It's either five or seven. Sounds about right. Yeah. I have never bought collagen powder for beverages before. Oh, wait. Yes, I have. I haven't done collagen. I used to take biotin pretty regularly. Oh, yeah. I've taken that before, too. I sure, I might start doing that again, actually, because I don't mm-hmm. mind it. I yeah. I think it helps my nails stop being wavy. 
Yeah. I have not great nail, uh, genetic nails we'll say, or I'm not eating the right thing for nails. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten pretty okay at taking my daily vitamins. So that's, that, that's step number one. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good step. I, yeah, I've gotten into a vitamin routine. I got the gummy ones. I don't know how well they are, but like, I'm sure it's better great. than nothing. Yeah. So, uh, have you been watching anything? Uh, I actually just recently started How to Grow with Murder. Have you seen it? No. It's so good. Is it? Okay. It's so good. I feel like you love it because it is true crimey a lot. It's yeah. like, like it, like the, it revolves around like, uh, Viola Davis is one of the main characters, and she's like this like boss bitch defense attorney. Okay. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Who like just defends like crazy criminals and then like, there's always like drama going on in the background of, of course, course because naturally it's That's an abc primetime show yeah i did joke that the only people who have more sex than the gays is people on abc primetime because <laughs> they feel like, like every 10 seconds there's a sex scene okay good to know yeah I mean, not every 10 seconds but like there's at least like there's always at least more than one i feel like per episode mm-hmm. yeah but i feel like Grey's anatomy was kind of the same way i never watched it but i did hear yeah. About it constantly as ever. I mean, I know it's still on, but you don't really hear about it now. I did text the friend who recommended how to get away with murder to me that this is so saucy. Ragu should be worried. <laughs> You're good with the one liners like that. I try. <laughs> um, I've been watching movies and then a little bit of bad TV. You gotta. You gotta. Yeah. So I did watch Maisel, just so you know. Okay. Yes, very All of season four? Yes. Very good. I loved season yeah. four. I'm excited for the last season. Me too. Yeah. The last one, I was like, this is the last one, isn't it? I was like, oh, yeah. 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 It, it had last last episode of a season energy. Especially but, that ending. Yeah. We won't Ugh. say too much, though, because it is new. Yeah. Uh, but, and then I had to watch some really trashy TV, and I found this show on Netflix called Byron Bay's. Okay. And it's a reality show. It takes place in Byron Bay of Australia, which is kind of like Sedona, Australia version, but on the ocean. Okay. It's like super like metaphysical and, you know, spiritual and stuff like that. But it's all about these, they're all influencers. Oh God. Yeah. And two, two new influencers from the Gold Coast come to town. It's hilarious because everybody's just keeps like, Byron Bay is really small. It's really a small town. So everybody kind of knows everybody. Like they say that a million times. And then of course some drama ensues. The funny thing is though, I was like, this is like entertainingly bad. Yeah. Like very produced, right? Absolutely. And so I told Lisa, I was like, this is the type of trash I think you would enjoy. Like from a trashy TV perspective, she, she watched it. And I think she watched it like one or two days and she came out. She's like, I hated it. That was so bad. And I was like, yeah, but like, and she's like, no, I hate it. I was like, well, did you finish it? She's like, yeah. And I was like, that makes it sound like you liked it. Yeah. Like, like you, you were hate entertained. Watched it. You yeah. hate watched it, which is like at some level you liked it enough yeah. to keep going. Because yeah. it was bad enough where you were just like, I got to see this through. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll come around for. They left a cliffhanger, of course. Oh, yeah. Who knows if we'll be back or not. But it was also just like watching Australian accent or listening to Australian accents. Oh yeah. Always a delight. So like in of that course. capacity, it was just fun. Yeah. But other than that, I've been watching like a lot of movies. Uh-huh. Like I watched the Adam project. Okay. I've heard of it. Yes. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Um, It's a tearjerker, which is a, funny. Cause I'd heard like I was bawling and I was watching. I was like, 
why were people this good? But like, why were people crying? And then I got to a certain scene and I was like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. And now it all makes sense to me. Yeah. But yeah. And then I also, on the very opposite side, another Netflix movie, I watched Windfall. Okay. Again, I won't say too much about it, but it was so intense. The way that they open it, it's like very reminiscent of like an older movie, like almost like a Hitchcock or something like that, because it's like they do the title credits like up top yeah. and they've got this eerie music in the background and you just see this like house and like the landscape around it with like, like in the yeah. background. And then just the single title comes up kind of in contrast to the background. And it was just like really good at setting the mood. Uh-huh. It's really well done. Uh, Cause it's also got, um, is it Jesse Pl- Plume or Plum? He was in uh, the cow- uh, dog movie. Oh, Jesse Plemons. Plemons. Thank you. Yeah. He was in it too. Okay. He does a great job and it was really well done, but like, <laughs> Do you know that him and Kristen Dunst are dating your life? Kristen oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that's why their chemistry was so good. Yeah. Not, but yeah, because they were their chemistry was great in The Power of Dog. Yeah. Oh, they were my, that was my favorite part. I think I have come around a bit on The Power of Dog. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a thinker. Yeah. I think it's a sit with it kind of movie. Yeah. For sure. Um. Oh, and then I thought of you last night because I watched uh Becoming the Ricardos. Oh, what'd you think? I liked it. I like how it bounced back and forth kind of between like documentary yeah. style and then like this one time period. Did you get what I meant when I said about like Nicole Kidman being like, I don't think the issue was her not looking like an, I think it was the makeup team not doing their job. Cause I feel like she embodied her really well mm-hmm. and they just cut it on the makeup better. I can agree with that. Cause it wasn't as strong. Yeah. And I think she did a really good job of playing her in her personal life. But every time she was playing her and like the voice. Yeah. That threw me off a little bit. I think just because that was such an iconic voice and like they chose some very iconic scenes to display where it's like, I've not seen all of I Love Lucy, but I've seen I Love Lucy. You know what I mean? To know those parts where I'm like, oh, this feels weird. This feels weird. I did try to because it's. I think it's on HBO Max. I think all of I Love Lucy or is it Paramount Plus? Yeah, one of those. It's like the series is on one of those. I tried to start watching it. I've watched a couple episodes, but just kind of like it's not one you can really binge. I feel like no, and I mean like it was never made for that. Obviously, it was you know. You mean binge viewing wasn't a thing in the (laughs) fifties when you had no way of watching a video other than broadcast? No. Apart from watching things, though, I started taking a glass blowing class. Oh, yeah. I just saw that your flowers. They're beautiful. Yes. I'm like, it was so nice to actually get to see them because like, they, like it, the glass takes a minute. So like you don't get it the day you make it. You no, have to wait yeah. till next week. It's kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a little. But it's really cool. I'm really liking it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm fascinated by glass blowing. It's made me appreciate glass so much more just of like how much work goes into it and how much mm-hmm. energy too, because it's there's just fire everywhere. Yeah. Fire and flames and heat. That was one of my, when I was growing up and I spent my summers at the Renaissance fair, actually uh-huh. Renaissance festival. And that was one of my favorite things to do 
you know, was go stop by and watch the glass blower. Yeah. For like hours or actually any craft fair too. Cause my mom yeah. did a lot of weaving festivals. No, I mean, once sometimes she demonstrated, but not often, but looms are hard to move. I imagine. Yeah. But if there was like a glass blowing demonstration, I usually go check it out because it is just so neat. It's just fun to watch. Just like a piece, like watch a piece come together. Yeah. Like, that's like, you know, there's like not enough glory holes, which is what they call mm-hmm. where you I like keep heating your glass up. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a big operation and you have to do it safely. Yeah. So I mean, like you do do a lot of watching, which is helpful as a beginner because you can kind of say, like, oh, so that's how they're doing that. And if they're doing this thing, then this is how it, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, though. I'm so glad you're taking it. I'm excited to see what else you uh, make. I am so excited for what I can make. The sky's the limit. It is. The world is your glass oyster. Yes. Just don't drop it. Mm -mm. It will shatter. Yeah, that happened (laughs) the first day. Not that not any of my pieces. It's not like. Uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine in a glass blowing class, they are quite aware of um yeah yeah and quite prepared for yeah. that to happen we've been really bad at social media but if you think about it post some pieces maybe i will on the old instagram yeah share them yeah maybe but will. um yeah we might do social media who knows yeah <laughs> it's really hard yeah <laughs> oh speaking of okay i had i had the coolest experience last night uh-huh I was watching TikTok. Okay. And I don't know if you remember this user from when you were watching it as well, but it's a trans handyman. Oh, uh, what's her name? Her name is Mercury. Yes. Yes. She's awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I need the advice. I will always watch her videos because they're just fantastic. She's just got like a, a really nice way of explaining things to people and yeah. like empowering them to do things. Yeah. Well, she decided that she was going to do a 24 hour live marathon to raise money for plume. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with them? They sound familiar. They're a transgender health, basically ha- uh, helping with re what is it called? Re- Gender reassignment surgery. Not well. Uh, I don't know the specifics of it, to be honest, but okay. Just like trans healthcare. Yes. Okay. So great. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So she was doing this 24 hour marathon she had already been up for like 12 hours when she started. And her first goal was $24,000 uh-huh. in 24 hours, right? Well, they exceeded that in six hours. So nice. then they set it to 50. I happened to get on a, like 1130 last night is yeah. when I saw it. And they were going for 100000 at that point. And they were already into 80 something. Nice. They got, I think it was the final number was like 103 or 104000 which is basically healthcare for that a hundred and whatever people. Yeah. That's basically a thousand dollars per yeah. per person. But it was the coolest thing to watch. Yeah. Because even in the comments was really cool. Cause you had to go to the bio and then you had to go over. I yeah. did donate a little bit. I don't have a lot, but I donated yeah. a few, uh, you know, I donated what I could because I, and that's what, yeah. Yeah. But it was really just beautiful to watch and then watching her reaction at the end of it. And she, she had people around too. Yeah. She wasn't alone or anything. It was like a group effort. And it was just such a genuinely beautiful moment to see that they raised a hundred and something thousand dollars yeah. in 24 hours for a beautiful cause. Absolutely. It, just joy, joy. It was just a joyful moment. And it was like one of those human moments where it was just really cool. And I'm so glad that I got to 
pay witness to it through like, you know, I'm sitting by myself, but it was, I felt, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I love moments like that. Oh, for sure. So I just wanted to share because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. But another really cool thing is. Yes. I have a story. Ooh, fun. For you. Can't wait. We're going to go on a miniature road trip. Okay. It's about 40 minutes away. Okay. And it's some, it's a city I know you've been to. Okay. We are going to South Lyon. I have been there. Yes. We're going to be talking a little bit about South Lyon in general. More specifically, we're going to get into it a little bit about the South Lyon Hotel. Have you ever heard of it? Is it a restaurant now? Yes. I've been there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Many times. A few yeah. times. Yeah. It's a very well-known, especially like people around there. Yeah. Anybody who lives around there pretty much has gone there. Yeah. Kind of a restaurant. South Lions is the city with small town charm. Stole that from sure. their website. So we're going to go back. We're going to go back to 1832 when the first basically home was in the area. We'll call it right now. Mm-hmm. It was called Thompson's Corner. And it was after the earliest settler, William Thompson. At this time, it was a little cow town. And the only buildings in the area was a log cabin owned by the widow Thompson. So he was no longer. Yeah. Uh, And a small addition to the house that held a small store that was kept by William Thompson, one of her sons. Yeah. But the area would start to grow and bring more people to the region as the railroad system was growing a lot. Railroads, yeah. Yeah. So somewhere in this time era, residents of the whole region, so we're going to talk a little bit more expansively, now Lyon Township, which is nearby. Yeah. Petitioned to call the area Fruitland. Okay. And this was due to the abundance of fruit in the area. However, it was turned down by a state legislature. Rude. Yep. The area, however, eventually was named Lyon Township, and it was named for Lucius Lyon, who was elected the first United States Senator for Michigan. Okay. He was known for working on adjustments of the Ohio and Michigan border. Okay. He was also known for bringing the UP on as part of Michigan. Love it. It wasn't. And he also helped with the admission of Michigan to the Union. Okay. In 1847, a post office was added to the small village. So some records indicate that in 1867, however, a hotel was open called the Commercial House. Eventually, this would be known as the Whipple House, which would eventually become South Lyon Hotel. Yeah. So as mentioned, the railroads, booming. Oh, yeah. And in 1871, the Detroit, Lansing, and Northern Rail Lines were built, causing great expansion. In 1872, the Whipple House was moved to a different location, and South Lyon was incorporated as a village as it now harbored a post office, some stores, a cemetery, and residents due to its expanding prospects. With Everything a town could need. Yes. So a few years later in 1884, a man named Baker Hopkins decided to make South Lyon a two-hotel town and made plans to build a new hotel. How dare he? Ooh. But the problem was he wanted to build it where the cemetery was. Never a good plan. No. That happened, though, back oh, then. No. We've No, I mean, like, that happened back oh, then. Yeah. We've talked about that before. It's kind of crazy because I don't really feel like that's happens now. Yeah. You don't hear about that, we'll say. Yeah. To do this, the bodies would have to be disinterred and moved to another site at a cost of about 
$2.50 a body or about $75. Uh, Why? I don't know, but 75 seems like way too inexpensive. Like that. You just hired some guy on the street to take it up, didn't you? Like kind of thing. It doesn't sound right. No. But the problem is that it is possible the records aren't super great. It's possible all of them might not have made the journey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, things shift in the earth and change. and Yeah. And also just like you have to remember where all the bodies were. Yeah. That's hard because you yeah. didn't bury all the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And like graves were marked usually, but sometimes they weren't. Not great. Yeah. Things get overgrown. And in 1930, South Lion was the official name as it was an established city. The city of South Lion. Mm-hmm. Small big city, small, town, small city, city with big small town term. Yep. Over the next 40 or so years, the area would undergo a lot of changes, as with the hotel itself. And it was first like opened as a hotel and everything. Yeah, yeah. By the 1970s, the hotel found itself to be a very popular hangout for biker gangs and would often include big parties and often bar fights. So it was a little bit rougher. Yeah. And I don't know exactly like when freeways went in, but I'm going to also assume that it's it's not that far from no, 96. No, so, it's pretty close. So I'm thinking that might have been why it was a popular biker place just because it's by yeah. roads. <laughs> so locals would often stay away during this time period and the upstairs was eventually turned into low rent apartments. Okay. Things stayed this way for a while until one day, July 18th of 1977, a fire destroyed a lot of the building. Damn. Most likely the fire started when someone threw a cigarette butt onto some papers in a wastebasket on the first floor. You never throw cigarette butts in anything but an ashtray. No, I was always insane when people had them of like putting them out completely. Uh-huh. Uh, to the point, I mean, like I've annoyed people with how much I'm like, you better make sure that cherry is done. Yeah. Get that out. I don't, no, 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 no. I, I've always been extremely afraid of that for some reason. It's a legitimate fear. Yeah. So a resident of the apartments was named Omer Talmadge Duncan. And he was nearby when he saw the smoke and he rushed back to the building. He was able to get some of his belongings, but unfortunately the fire quickly raced up the stairs spreading. Uh When Omen tried to leave, he was overcome by heat and smoke and unfortunately did not make it out. Oh no. So tragedy. Yeah. The building wasn't totally burned down, though, and it would undergo repairs. Through the 80s, not much changed. It was still a bar and restaurant downstairs with apartments upstairs. Mm. The biggest change was to the Grand Trunk Rail Lines, which were eventually turned into a paved bike trail called the Huron Valley Rail Trail. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. It follows the original route. Uh, So not, you know, not a bad change, but obviously like the traffic to the area is changing because of that, too. In 1988, a man named Paul Baker and his family purchased the building. By early 90s, the apartments were taken out and the second floor was changed into a bakery, which would later be renovated into a dining area and an extra bar. So all restaurant now. Okay. By 2005, Paul Baker and his friend and co-owner at that point, Corey Bala's business started to boom. I'm not sure quite when Corey came on. It might have been in the beginning, but yeah. So Things are going great in the early 2000s. Yeah. But unfortunately, right as things were ramping up, 
Paul suffered an unexpected heart attack and passed away, which oh. is just yeah sad. Yeah. But then in the craziest of turns, in June of 2016, there was another fire in the 150-year-old building. Oh, damn. This time, however, the damage was much more extensive. Oh, shit. I was expecting it to be less. Yeah. The fire started around 2 a.m. on the second floor office, and it destroyed most of the second story and most of the roof. After heavy reconstruction, the building was opened up again in November of 2017. Okay. The rebuild basically used the original framing, but most of the building was newly constructed at a price tag of about $1.5 million in repairs for the 11,000 square foot space. Yeah. Yeah. 11,000? Yes. Okay. I thought you said 1,100 for some reason. That's not very big. Although, actually, I did forget a zero, but I have the comma there, so. Yes. (laughs) And it's, I mean, it's two stories and it's. Yeah. That's why I was like, 1,100. Yeah. 11,000. That makes more sense. Uh. And, you know, there's not much to say of how it's been going since. Obviously, I'm sure with pandemic times, it's been weird. Yeah. As everywhere has been. Yeah. Uh, but you were there a year ago, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been there a couple times. I usually eat outside, which okay. is nice. They have a nice outdoor area. Yeah. Like patio space or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But what I do have an update on. Okay. Is the spooks. Ooh. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who think that this place is haunted. I'd bet if it's burned down this many fucking times. I'd say let's lay it out. Yeah. The cemetery. It's, well, the cemetery was moved. It's either is, haunted or the Seventh-day Adventists are pissed at them. Yeah. Because that's what they do, apparently. <laughs> Call back to Kellogg. But just just to recap. So the cemetery might have been under this building that was moved. Yeah. And they might have left bodies. Yeah. We also have... The man in the first fire who yeah. passed, unfortunately. And we also have the previous owner yeah. who passed. I'm not sure if it was in the building, but obviously, like, this place was meaningful to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to him. So, a lot of things going on in the area. So, there's a lot who think Paul, owner, and Omer, the man, still remain on the premises, occasionally to be seen and occasionally to be heard. Yeah. And some have even suggested that Omer was the culprit of the 2016 fire. So there's been witnesses have seen shadows, full body apparitions, TVs will turn on and off on their own, lights will flicker, of course, uh-huh. and then there's voices and whispers all around. Many guests and employees have reported encounters in the upstairs women's restroom. I have a quote of a, a retelling of that. Uh-huh. They hear people moving around in the stall next to them only to find out no one is there. One employee reported to have seen a little girl standing at the top of the stairs. Oh, no. Yes. So owner Corey Bala has stated, quote, The stories all seem to be consistent. I witnessed with customers glasses falling off the racks. Oh, dang. Yeah. And there is a story from a website called hauntedhovel.com, not Hotel Hovel. Love it. Quote, One time I was sitting upstairs with my family. I had to go to the bathroom, so I entered the upstairs girl's bathroom. After I was done, I left the stall and went to the sinks. Behind me, I heard the stall door open slowly, so I watched it in the mirror. Seconds later, it closed very fast, scaring me. I quickly washed my hands and got out of there as fast as I could. Which is what you do. Oh, totally, yeah. But you still wash your hands. You wash your hands, then you go. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you you want to be clean. No, yeah. yeah. I I mean, like, you're safe. Right. It's just a little creepy. Yeah. A little creepy. Spooky, spooky, if you will. Yes. 
I haven't got to say that in a while. <laughs> but in doing my research, uh-huh. I dug a little deeper just to see if I could find more encounters or anything like that. Yeah. I couldn't at the hotel. However, South Lion's not that big. No, no. I did find a couple stories from South Lion. Okay. Because again, with that cemetery being moved, who knows right. what was stirred up during that time period that right. could still be stirred up. I don't have the dates for these, but I'd say within the past like 10 years. Well, yeah. one of them I do. But So story number one. On ghostsofamerica.com, one user tells the following. And I'm just summarizing these. But basically, they lived in a neighborhood called Lion's Gardens in the basement of their grandma's house. Grandma had been there since 1962. Uh-huh. So the family was composed of the storyteller, seven kids. There had been 20 plus grandchildren and then great grandchildren who have been in the house. And they all talk about the same two spirits. Uh-huh. The first is the scary faced man in the basement. Oh, no. Yep. Always delightful. And then there is one they refer to as Timmy, who is more of a young prankster. OK. Timmy's a very young prankster kind of name. Yeah. When this storyteller married their husband in 2009, the family stayed with grandma due to some financial hardships uh-huh. and their three kids slept upstairs and she and her husband were in the basement. Every night over the next six months, the pair would wake up to the sensation of a fist pressing down on their throats. Oh no. Yes. When they'd open their That's eyes. usually not a good thing. No. And when they opened their eyes, they'd see a disfigured man staring at them. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, thank you. Not for me. Couldn't no, be me. You. This person has another story as well. Okay. Before living in the house, they were in South Lion Woods. Okay. Which I believe is a trailer park in the area. And I think I passed it. Yeah. Yeah. One night, their son had to be taken to the ER. And on the way home, she and her husband saw what looked like a younger man walking down the road, only wearing pants when no shoes, no shirt, blah, blah, no service, no service. (laughs) When they got closer, he appeared to be covered in blood. Oh, no. So they slowed down and they called 911 and her husband yelled out the window to ask if the young man was okay. Got no answer. The dispatcher urged him to stay in the car because he was going to go get out and check. And they were like, nope, stay in your car. We're on the way. Yeah. Their call had actually been the third call in about five minutes about the young man. So oh two God. other people called. Yeah. yeah. So the cops arrived, but the young man had vanished. They couldn't find him. Three nights later, her kids fell asleep in the living room. And around 3 a.m., one of them came running into their bedroom, screaming about a bloody man in the living room. Oh, no. Not on the carpet. <laughs> So her husband ran out and actually saw the bloody man again. Oh, no. Yeah. Then he vanished about 30 seconds later. So they called the police who came and searched the house and the neighborhood to find obviously nothing. Yeah. But when the cops returned, they asked the couple if they'd been the ones to call three nights earlier about the bloody man on the road. And they said yes. And that's when the cops revealed that the other two callers from that night had (sighs) also seen a bloody man in their house the same night and the calls came in the same order. Oh, no. They've never seen him again, but they've heard similar encounters from other locals. I can only imagine. Yeah. So I've got one more for you. This one's a bit longer. Uh, this is from an awesome article, which I will try to remember to post the the name of. uh uh-huh collective world and it's from a writer named 
Gina. Okay. Who I believe on Instagram is at cool shooters with a K. I want to give credit cool. where credit is due. Cause she with a K. <laughs> tells an amazing version of the story. Yeah, and I just, was... I want to give that credit. Yeah. So picture it 2016. All right. Picturing. She moves to South Lion. She's about 22 and she just moved in with her aunt. She moves in. She's like, oh, this house has a great vibe because I think she's into vibes and things like that. And so is her aunt. And they're like, yeah, it just feels great and wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. Aunt shows her, you know, in her closet where she keeps the sage and stuff like that. Yeah. Gina really enjoyed the, the charm of the little town and the environment. And she actually had a friend of hers who had passed who was in the cemetery right down the road. So it kind of brought her comfort because she knew she could actually go visit her friend now. And she hadn't really been able to do that before. So on his birthday, she decided to walk after work to over to his grave with a bouquet of flowers. And it was nighttime, but she wasn't really, you know, freaked out or anything. And she just wanted to tell her friend she loved him. Yeah. It was a rainy May evening when she did this. Mm. She laid the flowers down on her friend's grave, wished him a happy birthday and apologized for not being able to visit previous birthdays. The rain started to come down a little harder and it grew colder. So she went to leave and she felt fine during all this. But the second she stepped away and onto the path out of the cemetery, her calm grew into severe anxiety. Uh So she started to kind of struggle to breathe and she felt like a heightened sense of her surroundings and out of nowhere felt very unsafe. Yeah. But the moment she stepped out of the gate of the cemetery, the panic left. Uh Feels fine again. You know, you would just think, oh, that was weird, but like yeah. whatever it was a cemetery, blah, blah, blah. This is when weird things started happening oh, in the no. house that she had once said was like very serene and calm. Oh, no. So one night she was sitting at the dining room table on her laptop and she heard a noise from the kitchen. She looked through the doorway and she saw a spoon fly off the counter and land on the floor halfway across the room. Okay. No one was there, though, except her and picked it up and put the spoon in the sink. Then a draft came that chilled her to the bones. Over the next few weeks, Gina and her aunt began to hear strange noises from the basement. Uh-huh. It was like the sound of boxes that hadn't been emptied yet being drug across the floor. Okay. But when they went to investigate, nothing was moved. Then one day in June, she was getting ready to visit the cemetery to see her friend's grave again. And Gina passed her aunt's bedroom and caught a glimpse of something out of the corner of her eye. When she focused, there was a partial apparition of a child's bare leg running past the doorway from inside of her aunt's room. Oh, no. So later that month, one morning over coffee, her aunt started to talk about how she'd been woken up by Gina's pacing early in the morning because it was making the old house's floorboards creak and everything. And she was complaining that eventually she gave up trying to sleep and just woke up at 7 a.m. Yeah. Gina's jaw dropped. Basically, she said, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't know what you're talking about. I went to bed at one in the morning. I just woke up. Oh and my gosh. this is like, you know, noon or something. Yeah. <sighs> so then Gina's aunt decided to go dig out the sage. Like, okay, this yep, is getting weird. Time. After looking in her closet for the sage, she couldn't find it, even though they'd both seen it before when yeah. she moved in months earlier. Gina started to remember the bare leg she had seen going into her, or coming from her aunt's room. And then they remembered the boxes in the basement. So they decided to go investigate those because they couldn't find the sage in the closet. Yeah. And even though, again, 
it sounded like they had been moved. Nothing was moved except for one box had toppled off the pile and was like on the floor. Uh-huh. So Gina went to go pick it up. It was taped up because it was a moving box. Yeah. When she shook it, one small thing rolled around inside of it. Grab some scissors, open it up. Sage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Gina's aunt spent the next hour using the sage in every room of the house. I think even like twice, maybe it sounded like. Yeah. Offering words of encouragement for spirits to move on. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. As the final room was being sage, Gina felt a squeezing sensation on her right hand. She felt a sense of sadness and kind of a sense of departure. Yeah. But here's the twist. Here's when things got really crazy. Oh, no. So for the two weeks after the cleansing, things were pretty peaceful. But then came the sleep paralysis demon. Oh, no. The first time it happened, Gina was sleeping on her stomach and felt something climb on top of her back, feeling bony knees digging into the back. Uh-huh. Gina had a sensation of heaviness weighing her whole body down and then felt breathing in her ear. She couldn't talk, so she started to think, leave in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of here uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, and kept yeah. on repeat. She just was thinking, what do they do in the movies? Right. And so she went with that. Each time she thought it even, the pressure lessened uh-huh. until it disappeared. So Gina turned on the lights. Nothing was there once uh-huh. she could move again. Yeah. After that, things in the house got kind of weird. When she would do things like reach for the TV remote, it would slide out from underneath her. The same would happen with other objects, pens, lighters, spoons, etc. on a daily basis. Oh, no. Haunted. Burn it down. Move away. Well, Gina also saw shadow figures out of the corner of her eyes con- constantly. Yeah. And the sleep paralysis demon kept on coming back, too. Uh-huh. The second occurred only a week after the first happening. And during the third event, Gina managed to roll onto the floor and towards the door, opened it and regained strength to run into the hallway. This time getting a glimpse of the sleep demon. It was on defined, no limbs, no distinguishable features. Uh, in this particular telling of it, she talks about it kind of almost looking like the magic carpet from Aladdin, uh-huh. but like dark. Yeah. So it was rectangular abstract mist, basically, and it retracted back into her room. Uh-huh. Gina ran to her aunt's room and tried to like wake her up, but her aunt wouldn't budge. Yeah. Gina returned to the hallway and noticed that her bedroom light was now flickering. This is when she looked in and she saw the sight of her own body in bed, still asleep in the position she had been in. Oh, my gosh. Then the next thing she knew, she woke up lying in her bed in that position. Yeah. But like actually waking up in it. She stumbled out of her room for real this time and went to the living room where her aunt was watching TV. Uh huh. She wasn't telling her aunt everything because she didn't want to like. I get that. Yeah. But like. She was like, did I try to wake you up? Like, and she told yeah. her the whole thing. So Gina and her aunt both kind of decided maybe going to visit her mom for a few days was a good idea. Yeah. So during the trip, her mom and her went to the store and her mom saw a necklace and she was like, oh, this is a cute cross necklace. I'll get this for you. It's kind of like, you know, it's dramatic and pointy and yeah. this. I'm going to get it for you. I don't know why I made her mom sound like that. I don't know her mom at all. Her mom's probably lovely. I have no idea. But anyway, she spent a few nights at her mother's house and she got a lot of sleep. Yeah. No problems there. Then she returned home to her aunt's house. 
after four nights back, she decided she couldn't sleep with the necklace on anymore as she had been doing. Yeah. Because it, w- it was pointy. Yeah. And it was scratching her and hurting her. Yeah. So she placed it on her pillow and prayed for protection. A year passed before she would experience the sleep paralysis again. Uh-huh. Small things kept happening around the house, you know, stuff moving and whatever. And yeah. the occasional shadow figure, but most of it had subsided. Then one night in 2017, after falling asleep, she knew the paralysis demon was there. Yeah. In her dream that night, she saw the creature kind of skulking along the edge of her room between the ceiling and the wall, like in the corner. So up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it seemed though it couldn't come closer. Then she was jolted awake by a touch lamp on her bedside table turning on on its own. Touch lamps are creepy in general. They really are. I had one for a while when I was a kid though. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. they were bigger back in the day. Oh, I think for they don't, sure. Nobody has them anymore. I would rock a touch lamp still. Yeah, if I found one that I'd like, looked cool. Somebody but. I knew had a, a tiger. No, a lion. I don't know. But the panels in it had like lions or tigers. Uh-huh. Who was that? It was kind of rad. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would rock a touch lamp. So when she was jolted awake by this, though, she reached for the cross under a pillow, but it was gone. Uh-huh. She turned on the overhead light, started to search for it. It had fallen between her bed and the wall. Uh-huh. So basically kind of the thinking here is that like under her bed, it can't, it basically. It needs it, to be in the bed. Well, and it can't get closer to her than that corner. And because it had fallen slightly farther away from her, it could be in the room, but only in that corner. Yeah. Yeah. So for the next two years, while she stayed in South Lyon, she kept that cross under her pillow and never had another encounter. Dang. Yeah. And again, that is from, um, it's called collective.world. And you can look up, you know, Gina on there. And yeah. She's got some other stuff too, but I was just like, dang. Ooky spooky. Yeah. And if anybody knows Gina or if you are Gina, <laughs> hey. Hey, Gina. That is a, a wild story. And yeah. thank you for sharing it because. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Again, ooky spooky. Yeah. And. I'm sure there might be more ookies and spookies in South Lyon, but if you got them small right Small town with small, no, normal city with small town charm and ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever their slogan is and ghosts. Yep. Exactly. Well, thank you. Yeah. I pleasure. have so much more information now next time I go see my sister. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> telling her not to listen to this one. She's very easily spooked. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's the one who ran out of the nativity movie because it was too intense for her. Which movie? Nativity. Oh, okay. the birth of Christ. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, let's not. Let's not tell her, especially in her town. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's why I was like, yeah. for sure, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad to know. Yeah. And would you like some two truths and a lie? I would love to play two truths and a lie. Ooh, I got tongue tied. Yes. You're good. I do have to change one on the fly because it is about glass blowing, and I did already give away that they are called glory holes. Oh, <laughs> that still like makes me giggle every time. Because Dang it! I would have known that. Yeah, because it is funny, it, right? <laughs> okay, so three glass blowing facts. Okay, one: most of the tools in glass blowing are made of metal. Okay. Two. One of the glass blower's best tools is wet newspaper. Okay. And three, glass has to cool at a very slow rate. And they're putting these boxes called annealers where it takes like 18 hours to bring it down from like 900 degrees to like room temp. Okay. That's hard. Yeah. I am so 
stumped because they all sound true. Uh huh. I'm going to go with, I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to go with three. Three is actually true. I figured because it's it was crazy. very specific. Yeah, like. <laughs> and I knew it had to, <laughs> to cure basically or whatever. Yeah, like uh, I was going to make that line be like, yeah, you just leave it out at room temperature. But like if you do that and it cools too quickly, mm-hmm. it'll crack or explode even. Ceramics is the same. Yeah. Because glaze is just glass. glass. Yeah. Yeah, that you heat up until it turns to glass. And then, yeah, if you take it out too early, it all cracks. Yeah. But now I'm feeling like there's maybe a tool that's not newspaper or metal that I just have no awareness of. Uh-huh. Let's go with that. We'll go with the tool one. That is the lie. Oh, cool. about half of them are wood. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You have to keep them wet. Although like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Like there, a lot of the wood ones are called blocks. And so it's like a handle and then like a block of wood at the end. that's like got like a round, usually like a round kind of shape carved out of it. And you uh-huh. put your glass in it and you roll it in the wet block. Oh, yeah. But the glass is so hot that if you don't keep dipping it, the wood catches fire. Yeah. Which is danger. And crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. Glass is very fascinating. Yeah. I'll try and come up with some fun facts off the top of my head. The consistency of molten glass is like honey. So, you know, those like rods that you Mm -hmm. dip in the honey. That's very like similar to gathering glass out of the furnace. That's cool. Yeah. I, you know, this is really embarrassing but i don't care um there's that one sweet home alabama movie it's <laughs> been so long but i've seen it like i've been thinking about watching it recently because it just keeps popping up <laughs> i remember really liking it when i was a well, kid because the whole thing in that is like he goes to the beach and like collects uh, oh like the lightning rod the lightning the gla- i forgot all about yeah, that because the glass is made when the lightning hits the sand and i don't know really- if i buy that knowing what i know now i don't know i think it is i think i looked it up at, i could be wrong i don't know I feel like you couldn't make a business out of that at least. Like, oh no, you can't rely on lightning that much. You don't know in in finding it and yeah. finding exactly where it hit. I think those exist, but no, no, I don't. He was like, I remember, yeah, there was a scene where he's out there in the rain, yeah. just like sticking like poles in the sand. Yeah, which might help. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know about it being a main thing. But they I, were cool. <laughs> It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I, like, Same, actually. Remember so little of it, but that's like, that's coming back to me now. It's all coming back. It's all coming back it's to just, me When you now. think of like glass sculpture or like creating yeah. things with glass, those pop in my head first. I have no idea why because I've, I've seen plenty of glass things in my life, but that, yeah. that pops in my head because they were neat. Um, I also don't think they would form like that, though. Because they were kind of like Medusa-y. Yeah, they looked like trees. Yeah. Hmm. I'll do some investigating. We'll see. Yes. Yes. But yeah, glass is really cool. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. I'm excited to um, live vicariously through you and your, your glass experience. And maybe I'll have a glass experience someday, but I love that you're doing that. Yeah. That's amazing. It's good to get out of your comfort zone. It's just like, also I was talking about it with someone else recently about how it's nice to do a visual art Mm -hmm. because I do like we do a lot of performing and that's just very ephemeral. You know, it happens and sometimes we record it, sometimes we don't. Yeah. Like it's nice with the visual art. It's like I made something, it exists, it's tangible, it's right there. Like Yeah. That makes sense. I haven't had that kind of experience in a while. It's, it's nice like new medium to express myself with, you know. When I did do more visual art and like I wasn't before performing basically. Yeah. One of the my favorite forms of art was ephemeral art, just because I thought it was really cool. Yeah, like, no, it, there's definitely some like that too. magic like to ephemeral art. Yeah, but it's nice to have both options. Oh no, I love it. I mean, 
as I'm discovering, life is all about balance. Yeah. And if you find yourself unbalanced, find that balance. Yeah. And sometimes it's through an outlet and sometimes it's through creativity and, or trying something new. And I think, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I, again, I'm excited to see I what else you do. Me too. I'm excited to see what else I can figure out how to make. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps us up like a glass project after you get to take it home. Yes. In towels. Because <laughs> you got to be careful with it. You really do. Yeah. Precious. Yeah. Yeah. But if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Yeah. You got any spooky stories? Let us know. Yeah. Or if you know Gina or our Gina. Right. Get in touch. If you want to follow us on our social media, you can follow us at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Give us a holler too. Like if we know somebody's listening, we'll do more. Yeah. If someone's out there looking for social media. Yeah. If you want to support the show, there is Patreon or our Threadless shop. Um, yeah. Get some swag, get some bonus mm-hmm. content. Yeah. And as you know, we talked about before the last episode, we're going to try to do as much of these on a weekly basis as possible. We might have to take a break here and there. And again, you know, mental health important. Yeah. Do what you need to do for yours. Put the mask on yourself before you put it on others. You got to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. It's true. Yep. And um, don't just say it. Spray it too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I think. Until next time. Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Sax and Violence.